0: Hi, I'm Danny Simon, and I lead the New Life Fellowship Church here at Manipal. I'm so glad that you tuned in with us today to listen to our audio podcast. Do subscribe so that you can tune in every week. You know, I believe that a spoken word can change lives. And my prayer and my hope is that as you listen to today's message, it will change your life as you know it. Enjoy the message.
1: Okay, good evening, church. It's nice to see you all on the screen, which I desperately didn't want to uh, get into a situation like this where we can uh, have a a session online. But thank God, God has given this uh, platform where we all can actually see each other. But still, I believe we are connected in the presence of God. No matter where we are, which part of the world we are, we are God's children. God always connects us together with His children. Uh, before I just uh, start my word there was a young pastor who was appointed in a church and uh, he was asked to share so what happened is he shared a good sermon and everybody appreciated and then uh, in the same week he was again called for to share a sermon in one of the houses for a prayer so again he shared the same sermon so some were disappointed but still some appreciated and then it went on over the week, he was called for another prayer meeting and it so happened that the young pastor shared the same sermon which he had shared a couple of times. Some were actually disappointed. So, it went on in that month for more than five times. So, some of the people in the church decided, let's go to the bishop, let's complain. Uh, they went to the bishop and told, Bishop, uh, you know what, the new pastor who has come is all good, fine, everything is good. Uh, it looks good, but he's sharing the same sermon for the past month. You know, it's been five times. So the bishop took a time and he asked, What did he share about? And uh, nobody could answer. So I tell, it's okay, go back and listen what he's sharing again. So, yeah, all jokes apart. Uh, in this week and uh, in this couple of months back, God has given me a particular exact word. You know, every time. Uh, whenever we come across something called as disappointment or things not happening the way that uh, we had planned, you know, it always, I used to get that thought, you know, do your best. Get thought, do the best. That was one word which always got kept on, uh, you know, giving in my mind. It's okay if uh, the person X or Y is involved, not involved. You have a desire to do something, do it. You don't worry about the outcome. So, you know, Jesus invites us to sow a seed of possibilities. Jesus invites us to sow a seed of positivity. Jesus invites us to do our work so well and live the rest in the hands of God. I've selected the topic as do your best and let God do the rest. So now that we are associated and I strongly believe God has put us in this um, a town called Manipal and uh, some of us are part from here and now you're back in your own uh, native places and God has kept us in a different location. But we all are connected. We all are connected with one region to work for the kingdom of God. Sometimes we come across certain experiences that disappoint us and uh, it makes us to ponder about saying that uh, what we are doing, is it right? Am I actually following what God wants me to do? Am I equipped with God, what God has asked me to do? Is it right what am I doing? And later on once we start doing it uh, we feel that you know the things what we are practicing may not be right. The way I put it forward, the way I execute it may not be forward. It may not be right. The way I translate it may not be right. And in the end, even though we do things and in the end we see the outcome may not be the way we expect it. You know, our uh, Physical expectations might be on a way higher side. But God is a God, a supreme God. the a God of ages. You know? He's a God who created this whole earth. He's a God of ages. He holds the time. He knows the future. But we sometimes feel desperate to know the future because things are not happening the way we feel about, the way we worked about. You know? So let's just go through the three uh, aspects to understand what has God actually first called us for and what is that God has equipped us for. No, let's uh, uh, understand by let's turn in our bibles to first peter chapter 4 verse 10 it's on the screen so here we see as each one has received a gift minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of god so in this verse we see this uh, clearly mentioned it's it divided it into three parts one is each one has received a gift so God is specifically telling that each one of us who have been placed all across the country right now are being, you know, given a, received a specific gift which is given given by God. For so what? Normally, when we receive a gift, it's a gift that we receive and we play and we use it for us. And but when God gives you something, He gives you something where you uh, equip yourself with that, you work on it, and then it's used for others, you know, to minister it to one another. How are we going to minister it? Not in authority, not as it's our own, as a servant. We need to minister to each and everyone as a servant. God has shaped us, okay, as a servant to, you know, serve each other, okay, with a special gift. Okay, it's a unique special gift that God has given. So again, we see in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 21. Lord Jesus has equipped you with every good thing for doing his will. Now that he has given you a gift later on, he is going to equip you with that gift to use that gift for his glory. Okay? So, uh, to give an example, there's a mechanic who wants to repair a car. So, first and foremost, what he has should have is, he should be equipped with certain tools and missionaries by which he can operate this vehicle. Until and unless he has got the right tool to operate, the right missionary, he's not going to be perfect. In the same way, if you take a cardiac surgeon, before he becomes a cardiac surgeon, there's a huge long process which he has to go through, It a pain-taking process where he has to sit and study and meditate and learn and practice. Put put that into not only his mind, but into his muscle memory. So that when he's practicing, he practices and he performs and his outcome is the right. Okay. So now, uh, when we see, uh, we normally ask God, you know, God, you have asked me to do this, but I feel I don't, I'm not well equipped with this. But here, the word says, God has equipped you with every good thing that he has done. God is a God who gives you an assignment, but he will not allow you to go through any difficulties. Whatever you want to do, along with that, he ties an a tool of equipments that you require. He equips you with the right desire, with the right skills and the right capacity to execute what he has put in your heart, the gift what he has given you in your heart. Okay? So we read an encounter which happened between Moses uh, and God in Exodus chapter 4, verse 1 to 12, where uh, we see God tells Moses that I have called you to lead my people, Israelites, from Egypt to the promised land. There's a bargain which is happening. Lord, is it me? Lord, Moses genuinely speaks about his deficiencies. Okay, he genuinely tells, Lord, I am like this, I may not be like that. You know, Moses tells that he had a stammering, lip. he could not speak, but God says, Now go, I will help you speak and will teach you what to say. You know, that's the encounter what God has given us, but now, if at all, we don't know what it is that God is asking us to do, or we don't have not recognized what uh, God what God has equipped us with, or we have not understood the free gift what God has given us. I broadly feel there's just uh, two reasons uh, why we may fall short. One is we are not close to God for Him to reveal what capacity that He has given to us, or we have misunderstood His will. Okay, so we need to be close enough to God to know that yes, Lord, you have kept me in this church called Manipal. or you have kept me in this college, you have kept me in this town, and what is that that you have given to me, and what is that uh, desire that you have given to me towards for your kingdom? Okay, and the further we see, whenever when we have been saved, you know, God has uh, you know uh, given a new heart. It's not the same person who is who was before. We found. God, we found Jesus as a personal Lord and Savior. The moment we accept God as your personal Lord and Savior, He equips you with a new thing, a new spirit. God gives you a new heart. And with this new heart, He gives you a new desire. He shapes you with a new like, things. He shapes you and He gives you a new task which you have to perform for the glory of God. In other words, you have a heart for God. You know, there's something which will actually ignite you when you just think about God's ministry. That's something that just ignites you or gives you that spark which is required, the motivation that is required to work for the kingdom of God. Sometimes it, it can be just when you see a person actually suffering. You know, you feel like, you know, just go talk to him, approach him, be a right counselor. Sometimes you have, you know, when you think about God, I know God puts a melody in your heart. You take, you start writing songs for him. You're writing, you start writing psalms for him. You start singing songs for them. Sometimes when you see the church, you feel like you serve the church. You know? Sometimes you feel to honor the church with your life. There are a lot of things God say. So Lord, I would like to really encourage each one of you to just you know take a piece of paper and write down, Lord, what is the passion you have given me in my heart? What gets me excited when it comes to serving you? I really encourage each one of you to just go and just quickly take a piece of paper and a pen and just write down, when you think about God, when you think about the ministry or when you think about, you know, serving, what is that that comes in your mind? You know, God might have called you to be an intercessory prayer, you know, intercessively praying for the country, for the nation, for the people, our friends, our relatives, or else, you know, you might be having a talk with your friends, God always gives you a spark of desire to share the gospel, you know, or it might be just just to be a helper to somebody else, you know, just to serve someone else. You know, just take a paper and write down, now God has called me as an evangelist. God has called me, I've got a desire to be a shepherd. God has put me a desire to be a servant, serving others. God has put me a desire to just to Take care of one part of the ministry. Might be your media, might be your peer system, might be something else. Just write it down. So that you know you are clear about it is what is that you are doing. Okay. <clears throat> now that when we receive and we understand what God has given me, you know, what God has done, what it takes to run that, you know, what it takes to execute the thing what the Lord has put in our hearts. I've classified into just simple three things which the Lord has put me in my heart and I strongly believe you need to have a heart of obedience. Okay? You need to have a heart of sacrifice. And you need to have faith in God. Okay, And um, sometimes it so happens that uh, we go across uh, certain situations in life that um, we feel that has shaped us. Okay, there are certain situations which has uh, shaped our life. Uh, that's why we have that desire to uh, work for the kingdom of God. Uh, for example, some of you have been brought. Uh, I mean, God has kept you With the right family with the good parents. Some of you, God has kept you with the you know good education. God has kept you in the right college. God has given you a lot of good things. You know, when you think back of our lives. You know, there are many people who are who don't have those privileges, but God has given you certain privileges. Like in the same way, it's kind of a positive thing, uh, if at all you think about it. Uh, if you take Apostle Paul in the Bible, uh, who was he? Apostle Paul was uh, none other than just he was before he came to the Lord, he was a Jew. Okay, he was the Hebrew of the Hebrew. He was something really very superior in the Sanhedrin. He was one of the person who knew the law by his by his mouth. Yeah? He meditated the first books of the Bible. Now, what happened to Paul? Paul had an encounter with God. The moment he had an encounter with God, his life changed. God gave him a new heart. God gave him a new desire. His passion, what he had, worldly changed spiritually. You know, God chose him in the future days. To write almost 13 books of the Bible, so when you look at it on a broader picture, there was no other person well equipped well-knowledgeable, well-so good in literature who knew the law, the old law, the Moses' law, the first book of the Bible so well, who could translate the old law into the new law, which the Lord Jesus had given. You know that. He meditated on it so he could write the new law which the Holy Spirit gave to him after the Christ. You know, God put him, God was designing his life before he was saved. The moment he was saved, God just sanctified his training, what he was going through from the young, from when he was a child till he came into the Lord. God just sanctified it. You know, God just made it equal. so that he can use so sometimes we may also have gone through certain situations in life certain good things in life that's not because of anything else it's God has kept you and God has taken you into positions or things like that also some may say that no my life didn't go the way I planned when you take the life of Joseph my life didn't go the way he planned he never did anything wrong but day after day, month after month year after year things went on bad in his life But when you see in the book of uh, Genesis at the end, he tells, you know, whatever happened in my life happened good so that I could save many lives. Through this Joseph, the 12 tribes of Israelites were saved and they lived in the time of famine. Okay? So, whenever we go through certain things, God shapes us according to our background. So, these are the desires that we have in our hearts. Okay, when we come forward, Once we have, we know what is it that we need to do for the kingdom of God. I want to be a true worshipper. I want to be a one who shares the gospel. I want to be a one who prays and intercedes and wins souls. I want to be the one who takes the Bible and distributes the facts. You know, you know your vision. So carrying forward, I feel these are the three aspects that we need to focus on. One is obedience. Second is sacrifice. Third is having faith in God. Obedience. So obedience like what? Obeying our leaders, our people in authority, our God. In the way, when we read the uh, the book of Joshua, chapter six, verse one, 1 to twenty-seven. You now, in that uh, encounter, when you see the Israelites were walking, and they come across a huge wall, a wall, the famous wall, you know, the wall of Jericho. The way God led them to bring down the wall is supernatural. Okay physically naturally if somebody tells me to do things like that or someone tells a passer tells you know what There's, there are a few pubs in Manipal let's do this you know let's go around today the first month of first week of May May 1st let's go one round around this ecstasy pub second let's go on around third, fourth and on the sixth day on the Sabbath side, on the seventh, on the sixth day let's go and do a complete six rounds what will you say Okay, once you complete that, what will you say? You feel like, you know, are you out of your mind? Is it really practical? You want us to do a complete round every day and on the seventh day, do seven rounds and shout. You know, you feel like, is it really what God is speaking to us? Is it something else that are we talking about? Are we out of your mind? But no, we need to have a heart of obedience. No matter what, God may put a desire in our hearts when we are actually having a conversation a weird conversation God may ask you to just share the gospel the right word you will feel that hesitation to put it forward but obey that's what God is expecting us to do you know uh, there are many situations that might be very difficult for us to be obedient to God in uh, certain places uh, taking certain corrections God. if it's from God and God has specifically spoken to you, this is the way you need to work and strongly I would recommend you need to be obedient to God coming to sacrifice. You know, a sacrifice should be in such a way when you uh, read First Kings chapter 17, verse uh, 7 to uh, 16, we have we uh, uh, read about the story of Elijah having an encounter, having a discussion with the widow who had a just young, uh, 7 to 8 years old boy with him. So... Uh, Elijah openly tells, many of us know the story about it. Elijah tells, you know, it was a wilderness famine time where there was nothing to eat. And Elijah asked her, Can you go and make bread for me? And come and give. Me? So, widow innocently tells, This is all I have. All I have is just one spoon of barley bread and uh, one spoon of oil to make. And uh, I need to prepare this for my son and me and have. And you know, there's nothing else, We may have to die. But again, Elijah insists go do that, and do. we read that in 1st Kings chapter 17, verse uh, 7 to 16. And then Elijah said to her, Don't be afraid, go home and do as you have said, and do as I have said. But first, make a small loaf of bread for me, for what you have, and bring it to me. And then make something for yourself and yourself. That's the kind of a sacrifice she had to do. In return, God blessed her in such a way that she could never imagine. That became a testimony across everything. That glorified God. That's the kind of a sacrifice what God is expecting. The sacrifice which Mary did, you know, breaking the alabaster, the most expensive perfume jar at the feet of Jesus. You know, Sacrifice is something where Uh, Jesus on the mountain when he was uh, giving his uh, sermon, finished it and asked his disciple to give some food to eat. And this little boy comes up with what his mother had packed him. That's all what he had, five loaves of bread and two dishes. He sacrificed it. Because he sacrificed that, you know, many were fed. Many were fed and it overflowed that's the kind of a sacrifice what god is expecting a sacrifice might be certain may not be only materialistic the sacrifice might be the sacrifice of our time sacrificing our sleep sacrificing our comforts you know giving away the things that we have opening our you know uh, houses for god opening our our spaces to god so that god's ministry can be established you know it is not easy when you have to when you know your specific calling what the God has given the gift and God has equipped you and you have the desire and the motivation and the passion to drive it you need to drive it with obedience you need to drive it with sacrificing things once we do that you know one more thing what we need to follow is what we need to really stress upon is trusting in God if at all we do not have the required faith in God all what we do may not be you know Right in the sight of God, if at all we don't trust in God or we don't have faith in God at the right time, you know, faith in the way when we read in um, Matthew chapter 6, verse 5 to 13. Okay, uh, here there's a a discussion happening between a Roman officer and Jesus, where the officer comes, uh, Jesus is sitting and uh, ministering among the people this officer comes he's a man of authority he comes and speaks to jesus When he tells oh, lord my servant is sick back at home you know and he asks jesus to pray for her jesus tells when we go through it jesus tells you know let's go to your home and pray but he tells lord i'm not worthy to get you into my house you're a man. He he tells, I'm a man of authority. The moment I say yes, it happens. The moment I say no, it happens. In the same way, Lord, you just command. You just speak out. You just say, things will happen back in my house. My servant will be saved. And God, Jesus was amazed at this faith. When we read the verse um, 10 in chapter 8 of Matthew 8, verse 10, when Jesus heard this, he was amazed and said to these to those who are following him, truly I tell you, I have not found anyone in is Israel with such great. You know, this is the kind of a faith we need to exercise with the passion what the God has given us. You know, this is the kind of a faith we need to put into practice. You know, if at all we don't trust in God, and if at all we don't put our faith in God for the things what God has told, for the things that you have obeyed, and you have put the costliest alabaster jar at the feet of God. And do not think twice, did I do the right thing? You know, did I waste the only thing what I had? God wants you to do. When God has spoken to you, just go ahead and do it. Now that we have done our work, you know, the next is let into our hands. When we see in James chapter 5, verse 7, be patient, then brothers and sisters, until the Lord's coming. until the Lord's coming, see how the farmer waits for the Lord, for the land to yield its valuable crops, patiently waiting for the atoms and spring rain. You know, in James chapter 5, verse 7, it clearly tells to wait patiently. Now that we have worked, you know, uh, with all our hearts towards the kingdom of God and, uh, you know, sometimes it is disappointing when we see things which are not happening in the way we have planned, you know, Um, if at all I have to put it down to our uh, New Life Fellowship Church Manipal Uh, I had a greater vision I had a greater uh, imagination uh, saying that in a couple of years uh, a church is going to be we may have multiple services and things like that you know but it was my disappointment that we have Not less than 42, 45 people right now who are associated with New Life Fellowship Church. It's my desire that we had a vision that, you know, people come in flock. I'm sure God is going to make it into practice. It is going to happen. But as God is speaking to us with this uh, verse, James chapter 5, verse 7. Be patient, brothers and sisters, until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop. You know, when we sow something, we need to wait. My sister has a farm where uh, she has put uh, sugarcane right now. She waits for almost 13 months for it to grow. When she puts vegetables, she waits for almost 90 days for it to come. It depends on different things. You know, in the same way, we need to wait upon the Lord for the right thing to come forward. Uh, in Galatians in Galatians chapter 6 verse 9 let us not grow weary in well doing for in due time we will repay a harvest if we do not give it up so many times what happens it's enough Lord, it's done I think I'll just wind it off here. you know every post what I'm putting on the Instagram every song that I'm singing again and again every song that I'm writing every word of encouragement, which I've spoken to my uh, friends, my colleagues. What is the outcome? I don't see anything happening right now. You know, those are the thoughts which, you know, the enemy puts in your mouth. Those are the thoughts which ponders against you. You know, you sacrifice the only thing you had. You foolishly obeyed and you still you have that faith in God. You know, is it what the God has called? There are a lot of thoughts the enemy puts in you. You know, be practical. What have you seen? What is that you are doing? You know, these are the negative thoughts for the Lord, or what the enemy may put into your mind. But Galatians chapter six verse nine clearly tells: Let us not go weary in well doing. Continue, pursue to do what you're doing. For in due time, the exact time, what the Lord has put, it's going to come. Uh, back home in Mysore, we had a, a, a we have an exhibition where we distribute Bibles to the poor. We distribute Bibles to, in the exhibition where exhibition is a place where people come and go and things like that. So we used to distribute Bibles freely. It happened for a season of somewhere around uh, four to five months in a year every time it keeps happening. So I was being given a sign and every evening we used to go and we used to do that. Soon after the work I used to go come back to 10.30 and start distributing Bibles for every person who walks through it. And in a day not less than ten to 15,000 walk through it. So, end of the day at 10.30, 11 o'clock when I, uh youth we used to walk back from our uh, stall back to the main gate. We used to see the Bible which we have even thrown apart, thrown all over in pieces, some in dustbin and some It really disappointed my heart. The next day, I spoke to the president asking, uh, uh, sir, is it okay that we just, you know, uh, is it okay that we just give the Bible to people who actually come and ask, rather than giving it to everyone who is in need? Because I see many of pages being torn and uh, torn apart. Uh, my president gave me a book where it spoke about a lot of testimonies where pe- where the people have found this torn piece of paper, and it was being used as uh, uh, for the snacks for jewelry, things like that. They found that one particular verse which actually triggered them because. The word of God has life. Every word of God has life. That one particular verse, you know, people have been saved and called back and now they have been ministering in the hands of God. You know, every word that we have given out, every work that we have done out will never go in vain. That's clearly what the Lord is saying. So when we see in Hebrews chapter 6, verse 10, for God is not you just. He will not forget your works and the love you have shown for this. name. As you have ministered to the saints and continue to do so, I would like to explain this uh, uh, powerful verse with a true example, a true encounter, which uh, uh, you know, example that which happened in my in our life. Uh, my younger brother, uh, who is from uh, another one of a small uh, village in. Uh, uh, north part of the Karnataka together, two particular near to together. Uh, it so happened that uh, he was—he's a sports person—and uh, over the period of time, his heartbeat started reducing. So he called up my mother. I was in Mysore at that time. Called up my mother, and he was telling uh, this problem to her, and uh, I was overhearing what was uh, spoken. And my mother was saying, "Come here, we have a cardiologist, but I don't know whether they can treat this particular problem or not." The thing was, his heart. Used to stop beating for somewhere around 10 seconds to 12 seconds whenever he uh, does extreme work like climbing stairs or you know climbing up the hill things like that. That's because his heart, after a particular time, just stops. Again, uh, he goes blank and again it's hard. It's a rare kind of a disease which uh, many of them have. And uh, my mother honestly called her to come back, come to Mysore, so that we can show it to somebody and. Uh, I knew that Mysore didn't have a cardiologist of that, cardio, uh, uh, electrophysiology. That, uh, that was a kind of a, a specialty which was required. And uh, I intervened, I told, you know, uh, let him come to Mangalore because I was working in KMC to Mangalore and staying in a fortress. I don't let him come to Mangalore. We have a very good well-known doctor. Let me show you to him. He came. He came to Mangalore and uh, he the doctor saw him and doctor told him, we need to put a pacemaker. Pacemaker is a small electric... Uh, device which is placed right inside the upper uh, collarbone and two leads are being sent inside the heart. So every time the heart stops beating or it reduces the required pumping, which is there, it triggers electric shock like a defibrillator that again sparks the heart and starts beating. That's a rare and very complex and a skilled work which is to be done. So the doctor saw, he told, this is a pacemaker to be put. And uh, he had an insurance under ESI because his wife was working in a smaller hospital back there in a Christian missionary in Hong Kong. Uh, the doctor put him on the table and everything was done. And uh, my mother, his son, relatives were outside. I was the administrator there. I was taking care of the cardiology and I was sitting there. And the doctor told, uh, hey, I didn't know your uncle is uh, from ESI back, ESI uh, scheme. Uh, the problem is ESI doesn't, uh, you know, approve this small this equipment, they uh, allow us to put a lower device, which I don't encourage, and it'll not, not last long, and its uh, results are not good. I would I'd encourage you to upgrade it. I told, uh, "Is it, sir? What is that needs to be done?" So the doctor told me, uh, "You know, uh, you need to upgrade that." So I asked him, "What might be the difference?" So you know, he told, "You speak to the vendor. I don't know what might be the approximately one to two lakhs might be the difference." I was shaken apart you know, thinking that this, I called him all the way from his hometown to our place and, uh, you know, if I put the local pacemaker and if something happens to him, what have I done? You know, my mind really shook apart. I didn't know what to do. You know, then I asked her now what to do. He's on the table and right now he's saying like that. He told no problem. You just take a phone and call and speak to the vendor. He's ready to give. Then no problem. Otherwise, I might have to put the old device on the Indian quality device. And he gave me a number of a uh, particular vendor. Mechatronics is the company. He gave me the number of the distributor. When I spoke to the distributor, he was shocked. Sir, are you asking for a device free? Of course. I told him yes. He is my uncle <laughs> on a table right now on a deathbed. Bed. And I told him, uh, see, I had a, a clean bargain with him. I told him what was my problem. And I told him, you escalate this to your uh, higher ops, but I want you to do this favourable. Uh, I took somewhere around three to four minutes and he called me back and he was surprised saying that, sir, I am really surprised how my uh, national head has agreed to give this equipment free. Uh, he'll be giving it free. You can tell doctor to use the stock which is there and that we are not going to charge for that. I was really blown up. And the difference was one and a half lakhs which I had to put for my pocket uh, the, doc, the supplier just wavered it off without a The uh, surgery went on well and uh, uh, my uncle recovered and that day night we came back <coughs> he was shifted back from uh, OT to back to post-op and uh, to ward and I came back, I told this uh, to my mother uh, when I spoke my mother gave this verse to me <coughs> you know what when you read in ecclesiastics uh, uh, chapter 11 verse 1 Cast your bread upon the waters, for after many days you will find it again. I was thinking what might be the meaning of this verse. Cast your bread upon waters, you know, after many days you will find it again. So, uh, when I look back the way he lived his life, my uncle, the what he did, and uh, the way he, he is a really a genuine born again believer who served as a worshiper in the church, he was a warden. And all his duty was to take care of uh, orphan kids, and literally orphanage. He was running an orphanage and he was awarded to that, a Christian missionary compound with a very low minimum salary and uh, a very low minimum budget. He has picked many uh, babies who have been abandoned from the hospitals, uh, parents being uh, deceased with AIDS and died and things like that. All his duty was to make them get up in the morning, uh, pray and teach them the songs, worship make them get ready, send them to school come back, play, sit there and meditate study, study the word of God again go back till they get into a degree to a higher level and go there are many people who have been saved like that, many young uh, often boys who have been uh, you know, lifted up and uh, right now they have been in a well uh, position one of the examples I can give is Pratav Dashi, who is a well known worship leader right now I think next week he'll be releasing one more song. Uh, He's a well-known worship leader whose parents, whose father is no more and he was abandoned and uh, it is in his hostel, this boy grew up uh, as I think now the same person is married to a German missionary and he's been an international speaker. When I saw the life my uncle led, you know, he may not have actually ministered the way we think ministry is. He has ministered the way what God has led him. God is no man's better. Okay, when we read in the previous chapter, you know, God will never forget what you have done. You know, we might feel frustrated in certain aspects of our life and certain things that, you know, what am I doing, whether it's all really working out. You know, uh, now that we have started our ministry, now that we have started our things and still we uh, cling on to counting numbers and uh, still we think that we get angry on others. Uh, you know, we, we start, we have a lot of negative thoughts, but God really... Uh, is, you know, gave this word to me saying that, you know, do your best, just do your best. What is given to you, what the passion, what I have put in your heart, the thing that is ignited in your heart, just pursue towards it, you know, in obedience, in sacrifice, in faith. You know, do not, you know, think twice. You know, as the farmer waits, wait upon the Lord, you know, in due time, he's going to reward you. When he rewards you, he's not going to just reward you, he's going to reward you in full. It may happen in my time. God is a God of generation. It will happen in my son's time or in the next generation. You know, whatever we do, God keeps an account. Whether it's good what we do, whether it's the bad things what we do. But we need to faithfully do it for the kingdom of God. Whenever there's a call given from the church to intercede and pray early in the morning, I would really encourage each and every one of us to just take the time of one hour of sacrifice that we have to do in the presence of God intercede and pray because God has blessed us and he has kept us you know uh, healthy hale, and healthy doesn't mean we can just uh, have that one little bit of sleep and out we need to intercede and pray you know God has given you a talent of uh, doing something unique which, which other members do not have God has given you the talent of you know writing God has given you a talent of speaking God has given you a talent of uh, you know uh, communicating you might have gone through a bad experience in your past. You know, you might have been an alcoholic, a drug addict, you know, uh, you know, a gangster, a many things. But God has taken you out. Exactly when we uh, saw the uh, history of Paul, it all changed. God just sanctified his past history, his background and shaped him naturally and pushed him towards the future where he was being used one of the most powerful vessels. In the same way, our past might be bad, but we may really relate and connect to the person whom where God has put us in. There might be a friend or a classmate who is really going through the same situation where we have through. All we need to do is be obedient and get away over the shy and this approach and do our best. Whatever is the result, just do our best and just live the rest in the hands of God. God is no man's better. May the Lord bless this verse. Thank
0: you, one and all. Over to Dr. Danny. Amen. Okay. uh, Praise God, okay, for what God has spoken to us and uh, we'll just uh, just have a word of prayer and uh, we'll say the benediction. Uh, Even as we close, I want us, each of us, you know, who have listened to this message, you know, let's ask the Holy Spirit, you know, what is it that He is trying to communicate with us. What is the Holy Spirit trying to speak to us? You know, do your best and God will do the rest. And just as we heard, you know, many times we get frustrated, you know, even as we we might have done our best, we might have, you know, done everything that is required, but still sometimes, you know, we don't see um, you know, the results that they're looking for and it frustrates us and it brings us to a place where we're wondering, you know, is God really answering prayers? Is God really doing something? Is God really watching? But just as we heard, you know, in due time, God will reward. Father, we just want to thank you, Lord, once again for speaking to us, Lord, Father. Thank you, Lord, Father, Lord, for this time that you've given to us, Lord, to be able to listen to your word, Lord. Thank you for speaking into our hearts lord father many times lord father we admit lord lord we do everything lord father lord that is required to be done lord lord many times lord we get disheartened we get discouraged and we wonder lord is there any point of doing the things that we're doing lord father but lord lord once again you brought us lord father to this place even today evening as you reminded us lord father not to give up but to persevere to endure lord father Lord to be able to do the thing that you have called us to do Lord because Lord you are watching above all Lord Father Lord even if nobody sees what we are doing Lord Father you have been seeing it Lord Father and Lord in the fullness of your time Lord Father when your time is due we shall see Lord Father your reward and we shall see your blessing that comes upon our lives Lord we thank you Father once again for this word Lord Father we believe our faith that you are Lord Father Lord in complete control of every aspect and everything Lord Father Lord and Lord Father we Want to make this declaration this evening, Lord, even as the church, Lord, Lord, that we will not give up what we're doing, Lord, Father, Lord, despite the situation, Lord, Father, Lord, even when we look at the present times, Lord, it is difficult for us to meet offline, but Lord, it is not difficult for you to bring us back to that place, Lord, and we will continue to meet, Lord, we will continue, Lord, Father, Lord, to gather together as a church, and Lord, Father, Lord, that because we believe in the fullness of your time, Lord, Lord, we shall see things happening, Lord, Father, we shall see things happening, happening, Lord. We thank you, Father. Lord, we want to surrender everything into your hands, Lord. In Jesus' most mighty and precious name we pray. Amen. May the love of God the Father, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with each and every one of us right now. In Jesus' name. Amen. That really spoke to me, and I pray that it spoke to you as well. I want you to remember this. It doesn't matter what you're going through and where you're at. Our Heavenly Father is always with you. I want to say this, if you need prayer or you want to reach out to us, send us an email or DM us on Instagram. You know, let us know if we can serve you in any way. Just a reminder, don't forget to subscribe so that you can tune in with us again. And I'm really hoping to see you next week.